Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Let me just pray. Dear Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you're about to say into our lives. God, I pray that our hearts and our minds might be open to hear what you want to say to us this morning. God, speak to us, and I just pray this morning that your presence will be thick amongst this place. God, I pray this morning that we will just so hear your voice. God, let it be your voice we hear, not my voice. God, let, it, let, it, let us experience your power at work in this place this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. A couple of years ago, Shane and I did a marriage course. We thought it'd be a good idea. Hey, you know what? We want to, kind of want to with a couple of other people in our life group. And so we thought we're going to do this marriage course. And so what we did is we sat down and we watched some videos together and we discussed the content and everything else. And, and the guy who was doing the marriage course talked about how men's brains are different from women's brains. Stay the obvious. And he talked about how men's brains are kind of, it's like they're filled with little boxes. And each side of the little box is kind of like, each box contains one thing, one thought, kind of one area. It's like, okay, this is the work box, and this is like the family box, and this is the marriage box, and this is like the car box, or the, what, the hobby box, or whatever it might be. And he talked about all these different boxes in our lives, and, and, and we know how guys like to departmentalize different areas of our lives. And then he talked about women. Women's brains, and he kind of said, men's brains have got boxes where only one box is, and only one box is open at one particular time. Never two boxes open, just one box. And then the women's brains on this side, it's not boxes, it's kind of just a whole lot of wires. And everything is like all connected all at the same time. So like the, the car's attached to the, to the money, and the money's attached to the marriage, and the marriage is attached to the kids, and there's, like, there's all of these things all going on at the same time, and everything is happening all at the one time. And, and, we talk, and we're laughing together, as many of you are, as we're talking about, you know, we're talking about the boxes and then the wires and everything else. And, and I'd just like to prove that to you, the fact that boys have boxes. And boys have one particular box that is my personal favourite. And I would also like to suggest it's every other boy's, uh, every other man's personal favourite. And it's the box called Nothing. <laughs> and I can prove this to you. If you're going, oh, I'm not really sure about whether that's a really legit box. Let me prove this to you for a moment. So just picture yourself, you're in the car with your other special person. So, you know, husband and wife, you know, sitting in the car and the man is driving. And so he's driving along and, and then Colin's silence falls in the car. And then what does the wife say? Hey, babe, what are you thinking about? And what does he say? It's a lot of females disagree with that one. The boys are going, uh, yeah, come on. And so... We all liked, but what I've discovered, is I've discovered as we went through this course and, and all sorts of things, and we laughed together and we slapped each other together and everything else, and I've discovered that going through the course, but actually looking at my life and, and all of our lives, is that every one of us have boxes. And every one of us have a box in particular when it comes to our faith and then when it comes to our work. Never two shall meet. I want to paint with you a, a little bit, tell a little bit of my story. Uh, I remember, or remember my very first job. Now, who remembers their first job? Awesome. 
And I remember my very first job was working at a pool, swimming pool shop called Clorex Pool Store in Melbourne, Heidelberg, Australia. And I Googled it the other day and there was a picture on it. It's exactly the same as the front of it when I left 20 years ago or 20 something years ago. And I remember, and I remember my first day at Clorex Pool Store. I was a service technician, which is a really fancy name for I got paid $7.11 an hour to clean pools. And so that was my job for $7.11 an hour. But it was my first job, and so I didn't realise that $7.11 an hour is not really that much. All I knew was it was more than what I was getting in school. And so I was loving life. I'd get a paycheck at the end of it. And I remember I was 18 years old. I was a six-month-old Christian. And I remember going, you know what? Concerted effort. I want to live for my faith when I go to work. And so this is what I did when I went to work. I turned up on my very first day at work with a big chain and a big silver cross on it because I wanted to make a statement that I love Jesus and, and so I wore this big chain and then what I'd do is I'd sneak into the bathroom I'd do my business and then I would grab it because they had toilet paper anyway uh, and, and so and then I'd grab all of the magazines just had to get that in uh, then I'd grab the magazines and I'd slip like tracks in and then I'd like hide strategically around the workplace little cards that say turn or burn because I thought that was a really great advertisement for Christians. Uh, so I thought. And then what I would do is when we got in the van, I would sneak the radio, I'd put it on the Christian channel because I thought, you know what? There might be something that happens in there. And then I'd be stuck, captive audience with one, sometimes two other guys. And so I would use every opportunity I could to talk about my, my, my testimony. Then we'd be driving along and they'd go, look at the birds and look at the sun. And I'd go, yes, about the son. His name was Jesus and, and, and uh, now just let me just rest you all at ease because you're all looking a little bit horrified, a little bit confused. I didn't do any of those things. Just want to say not one of those things because I was a little bit too scared about turning up to work and I was nervous and I also realized that for me, I was not quite sure whether Jesus and church really meshed together. I really, if I was to be honest, I kind of went, you know what, church, here's the box, and God is for church, and there's another box over this side, and, and work is for work. And never kind of two shall meet, or so I thought. But if I was really honest, if I was really honest, I'd often sit back on my couch after a long day at work, and I would often sit back, and I would often look, and I, and I knew that deep down inside that that maybe that wasn't supposed to be the case. Deep down inside, I kind of knew that, that God wasn't just meant for church and that, that work wasn't just kind of meant for work, but, but somewhere, somehow, maybe there was more and maybe they did cross-link at some level. Now, as you know, we've been in this, uh, in this series called Presence. It's a word over our church for the year. It's a series that we're drawing to the end of. Series where we've, we've been hungry for the presence of God in our lives, in the everyday of our lives. We've been looking at the fact that, that God calls us to, to have His presence in our local community. That as we, as we enter a time of worship, whether it's in our car or at home or at church, that God wants to be present in that place. You know, we've talked about the fact that, that God wants to be present in our everyday lives. We've talked about last week, I preached on the fact that God wants to be present in our homes. And so we've been looking at all these different facets around God being present. And I remember looking back and thinking back to my first job as a swimming pool technician for, for Clorex pool stores. And I began to think, as I did begin back then, that maybe God and work aren't supposed to be 
in different places. See, because from the very beginning to the very end, God's longing is to be present with his people. So the title of my message this morning is simply called this. What's in your hand? The little subtitle underneath it says, taking the presence of God to work. I want to ask you a question this morning. I want to ask you the question, the question is this. If we're at church, actually make the statement, then I'll ask the question. If we're at church right now and the presence of God is with us here, where does God go on Monday? See, why is it that, that I can feel, that we can feel the tangible presence of God in a building like this, in a time of worship, uh, in a, in, as, as God opens up his word and everything else? But then, why is it that when we go into our normal day lives, we kind of seal the box shut and leave God in the box until next Sunday we kind of crack it open and we let him out again? You see, we all put things in boxes. Men more so than women, but we all put things in boxes. And God isn't meant to be stuck in a box. God is meant to be present with us every single day, in every moment of our lives. So what I want to do this morning is we're going to jump into Colossians chapter 3, verse 18. Colossians chapter 3, verse 18. I'm just going to read it from the message version. Uh, which I don't have in my Bible, so I'm going to read it from the screen behind me. And the message version says this, Wives, understand and support your husbands by submitting to them in ways that honour the master. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives. I love that. Go all out in your your love for your wives. Don't take advantage of them. Children, do what your parents tell you. This delights the master no end. Parents, do not come down too hard on your children or you'll crush their spirits. Servants, I'm going to call, I'm going to say workers. Workers, do what you're told by your earthly masters or earthly bosses. And don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from your heart For your real master is God. Confide, confident, sorry, confident that you'll get paid in full when you come back into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Now, I love love the wisdom of the Bible. Because I read those first verses about husbands and wives and kids and, and families and parents and everything else. And I go, I wonder what my life might look like, what my marriage might look like, what my kids might look like. In fact, I wonder what the relationships around me might look like if I lived my life like that. And then it goes on to talk about servants, which in today's culture, we'd be kind of known as as workers and bosses. And, and it goes on to talk about how we're to live and how we conduct our lives. I want to ask you a question. The same question I asked myself when I started working at Clorox Pool Stores. Is God really supposed to be left in the Sunday box? Or did God design us to be in relationship with Him every day and everywhere? 
See, God desires to draw near to us even more than we desire to draw near to Him because He wants intimacy with us. He wants a relationship with each one of us. And God desires to be with us all the time, no matter where we are, whether we're at home or in a cafe or we're at uni or we're at school or, or whether at the sporting club or we're standing in a line at the local supermarket trying to buy toilet paper, wherever you might be, and especially at work. Did you know, did you know that one of the greatest heroes of our faith the one of the greatest heroes of our faith didn't start a campus or didn't start a, didn't start a church. He didn't preach a sermon. He didn't write a great didn't write a great worship song. He didn't leave, run a, a leader a thriving kids ministry. He didn't travel the world as an itinerant preacher. He went to work and he built a wall. One of the greatest heroes of our faith. Greatest heroes of our faith built a wall. And there's a whole book that's written by one guy who turned up to work and he built a wall. There's one book that, that we've learned so much. There's so much incredibly leadership uh, stuff in there about. And, and all it's about is about one guy and a few friends who built a wall. They turned up to church to build a wall and his name was Nehemiah. Nehemiah heard from God. He saw what was going on and, and he felt God say, I want you to go and build a wall. And so he heard from God and he turned up to work and he trusted in God's power to help him build a wall. And he prayed for God's protection as he built a wall. And he, and he sought God's wisdom as he built a wall. And he sought God's leadership. He stirred other people to help him build a wall. And he knew that God was present with him as he built a wall. And when he finished building the wall, he declared this in Nehemiah 6.16. It says this, when all the enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and they lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of God. What would it look like if you sat on your couch at the end of a long week and that was said about you and your work? What would it look like for each one of us that as we arrive back from a long day at work and we're tired and we're, we're exhausted and whatever else and we just want a little bit of time just to sit on the couch and veg out for a little bit, that, that someone would look at the work we've done and they would look at us and go, you know what, that work, that work that Nath did, that, that work that Katie did, that, that work that each one of us have did was done with the help of God. See, so whether you're building a wall, or whether you're building a business, or whether you're teaching a class, or whether you're crunching numbers, or whether you're looking after sick people, or whether you're changing nappies, or you're driving a truck, or you're staring at a computer screen, or you're flipping burgers. God is present, and He is at work when you work. Let me say that again. That God is present, and that He is at work when you work. God is present and He is at work when you work. There's a guy by the name of Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence was a Christian monk who lived in France in the 17th century. And he said this. He was at Brother Lawrence, worked in a kitchen of a large monastery, and he wrote these words. The time of work does not differ from a time of prayer. 
even in the noise and the clutter of the kitchen, when several persons are at the same time calling for different things. I possess God in, a, in, in as great tranquility as if I was there upon my knees in communion. So how do we live lives where we take the presence of God with us? Some of the keys are found in Chronicles 3, 23 and 24, and it says this, Whether you, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will, you will, since you know that you will receive your inheritance from the Lord in His great reward, it is the Lord Christ who you are serving. Can I suggest something for us this morning? This week, as we walk into work, let those verses ring through your ears. Let that mark the attitude and the culture. Of our lives. I mean, imagine what it might be like if we walked into work, no matter how mundane or, or boring or exciting or whatever your job, your career might be, uh, looking after kids or working in a factory or whatever it might be. What would it look like if, if we actually lived our lives and realized that whatever you do, I love the word whatever, because you know what it means? Whatever. Whatever you do, work with all of your heart as if you're working for the Lord. See, what I discovered, it's not so much about what you do, it's about who we are. But you know what saddens me? You know what makes me a little bit angry? Is when I hear people talking about Christians and their, their poor work or, or their lack of work ethics or their attitudes to work or their reliability or their, their loyalty. And I hear people, kind of non-Christians, talking about Christians and how bad that they are at times over these things. Now, I realize that we all have a bad day and that's okay. But what saddens me is when I hear people talk about Christians like this. Because you know what we should be? We should be the ones that every employer wants to employ. Because we realize that the job that we're doing, the thing that I'm doing, is not actually about the money I get or the business I'm working in. What we realize at that point is that, it's, God, it's not about me, my and I, and it's not about my workplace, but God, I am going to turn up this week and I'm doing it as if I am working for you. Amen. See, why is it that no matter what we're doing and, and no matter what, where we're working, that we realize that we're not just working for a normal boss, but that we're working for God. I was thinking about Nehemiah this week, and, I, and something stood out to me, is that Nehemiah had a pretty mundane job. He turned up to build a wall. You know what he did? He built a wall. He made the wall unbroken. There was nothing exciting, overly exciting. There was no, there was no like fanfare of the guy that gave him to build the wall. Like he just turned up and he just built a wall. But Nehemiah here has just got a mundane job. And yet what I discovered is this. God was there with him and that through it all, God had a purpose. And I want to suggest to you this morning, no matter job, career, whether you're at home or wherever you might be, that God is there with you. His presence is there with you. I want to suggest to you this morning that, that no matter how, whatever your job seems to be, that God has a purpose because God has you there. 
Because God is present. And he is at work when you work. That's right. God is present and is at work when you work. Do you know why you're here this morning? Do you know why God's brought you here this morning? Because you've got a purpose. Do you know why? As you turn up to work tomorrow, do you know that God has got you there for a purpose? You know, you don't just walk in going, hey, you know what, I've just come to get my job, to do my job and get the paycheck at the end of the week. But God has brought you there for a purpose. God has brought you there on purpose for a purpose. And I was thinking about this week, you know what, God could have had anyone there except that He has chosen you to be there. The God has gifted you and God has called you into that job. And you might feel like it's mundane. You might feel like it's the best job in the world. Some of you feel like Nehemiah, I'm just turning up to build a wall. Maybe you build a wall, I don't know. And you just kind of feel like it's not that significant. There's a whole book written about a guy who built a wall. And God wants to write a book about your life. He wants to tell stories about your life and what he's going to do through you. Have you ever noticed that sometimes really small things make a significant difference? Sometimes we kind of feel like that my job or my career or even me is just a kind of a small thing, not that significant. But what's interesting is, is I find that some of the most small, insignificant things in life actually make a difference. See, when you turn up to Monday, and you kind of just allow your, you and who God's made you to be to start to make a difference. And then you turn up to work on Tuesday. It's just a couple of little drops of dye go in the water. And then you turn up to work on a Wednesday. And you kind of feel like at times, you know, am I really doing that much significant? Is God really doing that much? And then you turn up to work on a, on a Thursday. And you begin to ask questions, God, is this, surely there's more to life. And then you turn up to work on a Friday. And it's funny how... Just a few drops of something small and something insignificant begin to make a difference, begin to change the color of all that water. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 in the message version says this You are to be the light, the light of the world, to bring out the God colors in it. I was thinking about going, you know what? Here's just some, some drops of food dye and some water, and yet already we can see the difference. But I want to tell you something a little bit different. Just gone into chemistry 101 right here, and I had to, thank you, uh, I had to try and figure it out. So in this one is cold water, in this one is warm water. Now see the same thing that happens as I begin to go, hey, you know what? We turn up to work on Monday. We kind of go, you know what, God, I'm just doing my thing. We turn up to work on Tuesday. God, I'm just, you know, it doesn't seem that significant. I'm just building a wall. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And it doesn't really seem that significant. And then we turn up to work on Wednesday. I hope my illustration's going to work a whole. Yeah, good. It's working. And then we begin to work out, turn up to church on Thursday. This time the water's warm. We begin to turn up to work on a Friday. This time the water's warm. If you can see what's happening is the water in the warm jug begins to impact and influence the rest of the water a whole lot quicker. 
Seen about it this week going, you know what, there's something in that for our lives. That when we're kind of kind of just going about our lives, we just kind of leave, Jesus is my thing a little bit, and we just we kind of God can use us. And God does use us. Because remember, as I said before, that uh, that, that God is present and He works in our work. But, but what we find here is that as the water begins to get a little bit warmer, as we begin to get a little bit warmer in our faith, that's why we started this year with a 21-day fast. Not because I don't like drinking coffee, I don't like eating all the fun stuff that I like to eat, but because I made a decision, as many of we all made a decision to go, God, I want to be more hungry for you than, and, and more hungry for your presence than, than more hungry for food. And so we begin to turn the temperature up on our lives. As we begin to turn the temperature up on our lives, as we go begin to grow a little bit more hungry for God, go, God, you know what? I want to be a little bit more desperate for you. God, I want to be a little bit more of you in my life. God, I need a little bit more of your presence. What we find is that the water, our lives begin to bring light at a quicker rate of knots. Started this sermon talking about my very first job. We are at Clorex Pool Stores. Fast forward 20 years. Makes me sound really old as I say that. But a couple of years ago, I worked in another swimming pool store. Before we launched this campus, I spent two years working in another swimming pool store. This time was a different one. It was a large pool store with a lot of staff. Now, I'm going to tell you the story. Please, this is not a moment where we look at me and go, look how great he is. It's not that. It's simply a moment where we get to look back and go, look how great God is. I walk into this pool store. I hadn't done swimming pools for 20 years. And, and I remember arriving and the nerves were the same. I remember sitting in my car just before I walked in at work. And I'm sitting in my car going, God, I just... God, I don't know what to do, and, and I'm a little bit nervous about starting a new job, and, and God, how can you really use me? I mean, it's just a swimming pool store. Like, I make green pools look shiny. Like, that's kind of my job. Like, I, it's like building a wall. I just make green pools look shiny. And, and I remember just sitting there, and I remember the Holy Spirit just speaking to my life, and he said this, what's in your hand? And as I walked into that workplace, and for the next two years walked into that workplace, Every single day, I would look at what's in my hand. I hopefully not hit anything. And I would stand and I would look at what's in my hand. And what's in my hand is, a, these are called a telepole because they extend and make it go longer. And that's a swimming pool net to scoop out. Let me just, just so you go like this and you go like that. It's actually inside out. It's supposed to go that way. That's called experience. And so I would <laughs> I'd turn up to work and sit in my car and I'd pray this prayer that went like this. Holy Spirit, use me today. You know what? It's just a normal guy who loved Jesus and I would turn up to work and say, Holy Spirit, used me. Use me. I was the only Christian in that workplace. And, and I remember as I walked in, word began to spread pretty quickly that I was a Christian. It's a little bit hard to hide the fact that you're a Christian when you used to be a pastor. Kind of a little bit, it's some, you know, it's, it's pretty easy one to read. And I would walk in and word began to spread that I used to be a pastor, that I was a Christian. And, and they began to freak out a little bit about that. And I remember they would look at me and I'm not quite sure what they thought of me. But what they discovered pretty quickly is that I'm just a normal guy. 
I'm a normal guy who believes, an ordinary guy who believes in extraordinary God. And so I walked into work every single day and I said this, Holy Spirit, use me. And I walk every work into work, walk into work every single day and go, God, I want to give 100% today. No matter how I'm feeling or what work's going on or what home life's going on, God, today, I want to just give my very best to you because you gave your very best to me. So God, I wanna turn up to work and I'm gonna give 100% every single moment that I possibly can. And I walked into work and I started to just serve my bosses and serve the other staff that were around me. And I worked hard. And I would often pray as I went about my job. I would turn up to jobs and I go, I have no idea what's wrong with this. And I would just pray, God, I just I have no idea. Can you, just, can you just help me in this moment? Do you know what? It was a really simple prayer. The time and time again, I'd be like, hey, what about I do this? Bing, oh, that's what it was. And I would look awesome and go, it wasn't me. And I remember walking up to work with, with my telly pole, going, God, this is not that impressive and this is not that significant. God, what can you really do with me? Because all I've got is this. And, and I remember God reminding me, just like He reminded me when I was 18 years old, this time working in a different pool store. And He said, Dave, what I'm asking you to do is look at what's in your hand. And I want you to be obedient with what's in your hand. You see, too often times we want what's in someone else's hand. And we look at someone else and go, you know what, if only I can get to that level or that place or whatever, then I'll be, then I'll kind of be happy and content. And God said, Dave, I just want you to be obedient with what's in your hand. So I began to be obedient with what's in my hand. It's nothing overly impressive. It's nothing overly amazing. And you know, I said, God, Holy Spirit, use me this morning. And I'm gonna give 110%. I'm gonna give everything that I can and see then what you might do. And then, then I began to see God do stuff that only He could do. The moments, you know the moments where you stop back and you go, I don't understand how that happened except for the fact that that must have been you. Because all of a sudden I'm getting called in by the bosses, husband and wife own the business. And they'd call me in and go, hey, Dave, we know, that you're a, we know that you're a pastor. And so the nickname going around the pool store is this, that you are the pastor to our pool store. Now, they don't even Christians. And so I became the, the pastor of the pool store. And that, that John and Kathy would ask me into their office and they'd say, hey, Dave, we don't, we don't kind of get what you do on a Sunday, but we're going through some challenges. Could you pray for us? Dave, we need some wisdom as we're making some financial decisions and some staffing. Can we ask your right? Like I'd been here for literally, I'd been there for about three months, being obedient with what's in my hand. Holy Spirit, use me. And they're like, can we just, hey, what do you think about this staffing change? We're thinking about doing this. That didn't necessarily always involve me. It was actually involving other people. And they go, you know what? Can you just pray for wisdom? Okay but you're not even Christians. That's fine. Can you just pray? Can you pray for our marriage? And they started asking me to pray for all these different things in their life. Then I'd get other, other staff come and just confide in me and begin to ask questions and go on a journey with me. And I had the privilege of going on a journey with them. I became the guy that, the pastor to the pool store that would talk about marriage counseling stuff and stuff to do with kids and stuff to do with life. They'd send me to all the difficult 
business cases that they had, all the different jobs, and I was the guy that went because they just said, there's something that happens when you go. Like, it just, one, it seems to work out, and the customers seem to always, well, generally, most of the time, seem pretty happy by the time you go there. We've sent other staff, and it just hasn't quite worked. We send you. Church, this is not about me. This is actually about the presence of God on someone who said, God, I want to give you everything. And God, oh, just use me today. Not for my glory, but for your glory. The moments where, where I'm just like, you know what? It's just, it's just a telepole and a scoop and it doesn't look that exciting. And we can look and we go, you know what? My job, your job might not always look that, that significant and exciting. And yet God wants to say this morning that He is present and He is at work as we work. It's just a pool guy with a telepole and a scoop in my hand who was simply obedient to what God asked. And what I began to see God do. And I believe what, what God will do through you as we turn up to work, as we live a Colossians 3 life that says, you know what? I'm not working for my earthly boss anymore. I'm working for my heavenly boss. You know what? That begins to change everything, doesn't it? Begins to change the outlook and, the, and what's happening because I'm going, you know what? It's not actually about that anymore. It's about this. It's not about me, but it is about God. You know what? I said before that God could have sent anyone to your workplace or to your home, or to wherever it is that you find yourself doing between a Monday and a Friday. But God sent you there. I mean, I could go visit you at work, but the reality is, is that's probably not going to make any difference. What is going to make a difference is that you are there. What is going to make a difference is that, that God has called you to that place ask you this morning, what's in your hand? Don't leave God in a box for a special moment on a Sunday. We crack Him open, we let Him out. God is present and He is at work when you work. This morning, I want to do something I want to honour and I want to encourage every single one of you. <clears throat> because see, for every single one of you, you walk into a secular workplace. You walk into a place or in a home where people desperately need Jesus. And they're looking for a pastor to a school like Katie. Or they're, they're looking for a pastor to a counseling environment. Or, or he's looking for someone who might be a pastor to that business that you run or a part of. He's looking for someone who might be a pastor to their children as they just love them and look after them. God's calling you to be a, a pastor to your university or your school or whatever it might be. That God has got you there because He wants to use you there. And I want to 
honour you and I want to encourage you. You know what? Together, let's give 100%. Together, let's just say, God, Holy Spirit, this morning, use me. You know what? For some of you, I realise this morning, you've maybe never thought. You had the God box and you had the work box. You didn't realise this morning that God wanted to inhabit your work box. He wants to coincide. His presence wants to go with you into your workplace. And as, as His presence walks with you into that workplace, the, the water begins to change. The colours of life begin to become enriched. And so this morning, I just want to do something. We're not going to pray for each other. I actually want to pray for each one of you. I want to thank God for each one of you. I'm going to pray that as we walk into our workplaces, no matter how easy or how challenging they might be, that God's presence is with you. Let me pray. Dearly Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, I just pray in this place you'll fall this morning. Your presence might be felt. God, that as we're aware of your presence, God, this same awareness might happen at 10.53 tomorrow morning as we're sitting at our desk or, or wherever we find ourselves tomorrow this week as we go to work. God, let us be more aware of your presence. Open to your presence. Open to your spirits prompting and leading. God, that we might be people who are filled with a desire to give our very best out of gratitude to a God who gave His very best. God, that we might be people who will be, who will be bringers of Your presence. God, that as they walk in a work, they go, there's something different on Your life. God, there's something different about each one of us. God, that people will begin to see You leaking out of our lives. God, that we will have stories of you at work. So Lord, I just pray this morning, fill us to overflowing with your presence. Fill us to overflowing with your spirit this morning. Lord, fill us with, with a newfound passion. God, a newfound passion that says that whatever we do, we are going to do it with all of our heart. As though we are working for you, not for a human boss, but for you. God, I pray that you'll fill us with hope again. God, that no matter how hard our workplace might be, God, we thank you that, that you have called us to be change agents, bringers of life, bringers of colour into those workplaces. God, that no matter where the direction might be going, Lord, that, that you might use us to bring change, to bring health. So God, I pray no matter where our workplace might be, what that looks like for us, God, I thank you that you are present with us. I thank you that you are at work while we work. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message from Gateway Baptist Church. We're a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.
hope you've been blessed by this message from Gateway Baptist Church. 